This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you're a member. My name is Colton Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyrely. And this week we're still reading fan- Fairy Tale by Stephen King. We're still, this reading, week, we're still reading Fantasy Book Club. By- <laughs> we're still reading Fantasy Book Club by Stephen King. Um, and this week we just read Chapter 17. That's all you need to worry about this week. It's really, yeah. really easy. Um, and this chapter was the first time in this book that I've been like, ah, right, Stephen King wrote this. It's it's they're being it's trying to be freaky again. Right, yes. right, right. Got it. Got this it. This is a very Stephen King chapter, I think. Yeah. Um. Next week we're reading eighteen and nineteen, so we're back to two chapters again. Uh, which is it's easy. That just just no middle chapters, no nothing, just nope. eighteen, nineteen. That's just all you need to worry about. Eighteen and nineteen. So, uh, before we get into it, because uh, Sydney is starting us off this week, I want to just ask the listeners something. Sydney performs what I think is not okay, and she <laughs> reads with the book cover on the book still. Which yeah, I just think I feels like it's wrong, because that, because that well, you rip it. Okay, listen, you rip it. That's for display only. Wow, well, my books don't Listening. get displayed half the time because I don't have a bookshelf, <laughs> so they just sit on my floor. Oh, um, but uh, well, okay. Look, it also depends on the book. Some book covers drive me crazy and have to come off. This is not one of them. The book, the cover on this book doesn't bug mm. me. So it just kind of depends on the book. For some reason, some of them like don't stay on very well, and so they fall off. I'm trying to read, and I'm like, okay, I can't deal with this. This one stays on really well, so I just leave it. Mm. So it just depends on the book. Nah, I just, I never, I never leave it on for a hardcover. I always take it off because I feel like I don't want to mess with, I don't want to damage it. It's for display. Anyway, uh, that was all. <laughs> if you have an opinion on this, let us know. You can leave a comment on Instagram. We would love to hear it. Um, Sydney? You want to get started with your chapter or your half of the chapter? Yes, absolutely I do. So, chapter 17, I'll read the um, the titles. So, titles are Leaving Claudia, Remembering Jenny, A Night in the Storage Shed, The Gate, and The Haunted City. Okay, so we kind of start off with basically Charlie's just leaving Claudia. Um, she, uh, in her very monotone screaming voice, tells uh, him to have, like, to be safe and, like, waste no time. Um... She gives him a hug, which is really sweet, and mm-hmm. tells tells him that he be she'd be sad to see Charlie come back without radar, but she'd rather him come back without radar than not come back at all. Um, she clearly like really cares about him, which is really sweet, and she tells him not to ever it's use really the sweet. gun inside the city or outside the city walls because that's just he needs to be really quiet. Um, and that's really. Mm-hmm about it for this first section she just kind of says goodbye uh she blows as uh charlie's leaving claudia she blows him a kiss which is really sweet too um Mm -hmm. (laughs) just a very sweet like little interaction nothing too crazy yeah um moving into the second section uh charlie's just kind of he's walking it's pretty like evenly flat pace um nothing too crazy he get about mid morning. He starts passing like the first couple houses and cottages along the way, which are all like deserted and falling apart. Um, as he's yep. walking, he walks past this bar and he gets this really really bad scent, and it reminds him of the of H. P. Lovecraft's poems. And he read them with this girl named Jenny, 
and when they they were like in like sixth grade, so they were fairly young. And he just kind of thinks about about Jenny and um, remembers why he started reading these poems with her. So basically, uh, he, but he and Jenny are just friends. Uh, nothing like going on really there. Which it, Jenny is like really this the is only like the girl. first girl in this entire book. Yes. Yeah, the only girl this entire book that Jenny that freaking Charlie's been horny this entire time. Every girl <laughs> he sees, he's like, "I would date you." Yeah. Yeah, you're hot. <laughs> and this is the first girl he's like, "She's okay. Yeah, she's all right." Um, but basically, they just became friends because they were reading uh like poems in one of their classes, and Charlie had said that it wasn't scary enough for him, and he wanted to read something that was actually scary, and so she introduced him to H.P. Lovecraft, and they just kind of bonded over that. And in this like um, situation, it's kind of hard, a little hard to explain. But basically, Charlie is just thinking about while he's walking past this awful smell, he's reminded of like what H.P. Lovecraft, what his poems, like a lot of the words from his poems that would describe the smell that like because he thinks it's so awful that normal words, normal English can't describe it. And so he just thinks about these poems and how mm-hmm. the poems basically describe it. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, he continues to walk and he's passing more like empty buildings. Um, they're all kind of destroyed. He, he also like feels that he's being followed while he's walking. And he realizes that radar kind of feels the same way because he turns around and she's like looking behind him growling. So she seems to feel the same way, but yeah. Charlie just kind of puts it off as like just nerves for both of them. Um, yeah, he finally passes, uh, Mr. Boach's initials, which makes, which makes him feel a little bit better, which is good. Um, and as he yeah. continues to walk, he can finally again see like the city wall because he had originally lost sight of it because of all the buildings, but he can see the wall again. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finally reaches the, uh, he sees like a church building and he finally reaches the shed that he was, he's supposed to be spending the night at. And right, like I said, right across from it is a church building. Um, he feels like weirdly safe all of a sudden in this area. Like he's not really sure why, but right now he feels like safe compared to earlier yeah. when he felt like he was being followed. Right now he feels safe. Um, and Charlie has he, wicked intuition. He, he does. He, he's really constantly good, like guessing yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. He has really good intuition about like he's always like, I'm safe now. And it's yeah. just like, okay, thanks, Charlie, for letting me. How did you know? That? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I'm in danger. He, oh, who knows from what, but I'm in danger. Okay, cool, Charlie. Thanks. I'm being followed, <laughs> or I feel like I'm being followed. Uh, okay, cool. Have you ever had that? Like, actually, I've never Have actually you- had that because I know people talk about it, but I've ever had it where I'm walking and be like, I bet you I'm being followed right now. Like, I, I've, yeah, I don't think no. I've ever, the only time I've had that feeling is if I see someone behind me. But I never mm-hmm. just am walking and randomly like, I bet I'm, I'm being really followed. I'm not really sure. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, I don't feel like I've ever... Yeah, no. I don't think I've ever felt like I've been followed. Like, I definitely, See? like... You occasionally will walk past people. And, like, you're like, oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, I better walk fast. <laughs> like, you know, those kinds of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially when yeah. you're out, like, in an area that you know is, like, you have to be careful. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but no, I can't say I've ever felt like I've just been followed. But yeah. I also don't feel Charlie's like Charlie's good have... at knowing though. Yeah, Charlie is good at knowing. Um 
I don't know. I don't feel like I have that great of intuition, so rip me. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been in a situation like that, so maybe I do. I don't know. Um. Anyways, mm. uh, then we get into, so Charlie thinks about how he feels safe. Um, he We get into section three where Charlie goes up to the storage shed that they're staying in. And he, like, kind of pounds on the door. There's a really big um, outside, well, I guess the storage shed, it has a regular human-sized door, and that's got a really, really big, like, garage door. And Charlie has to kind of bang down the uh, the regular, the man-sized door to get in. Um, he goes in, and he sees that there's two trolleys inside. And they, like, have been in there for years, but they look great. Like, the paint on them is looks fresh. Like, they just look like they're in good shape. And on one one of the trolleys has the word Seafront on it, and the other one has the word Lillamar. So clearly, they kind of went back and forth from um, Seafront mm-hmm. to Lillamar and such and such. And he kind of just walks around, checks out the trolleys. I actually think the trolleys and the whole thought of them is a very interesting like thing that Stephen King added in this book. Like it's an interesting detail. Like I yeah. don't feel like it was something that really needed to be there. It just was an extra little like design detail and i just kind of like it like it just gives me it gives me very like boardwalk oceanfront vibes for some reason yeah and it implies a technology that's like higher than what you would expect from like this kind of a world where it's like we figure this out we have trolleys they they use electricity like we we know electricity and stuff which seems like a weird level but i guess um like bodich had been bringing in electric stuff and it hadn't freaked him out but still yeah it's a weird level also remind me I don't really remember this. Lilimar, what exactly is Lilimar compared Lil- to compared to all the other terms? Lilimar is the is the city itself. Because Empis is the Okay, whole, so it's actually like the, the city land. is called Lilimar. Yeah, the, the city is Lilimar. And then the Seafront's Gal- different. And there's like Gala something. Galilee Gala is one? like this is, a, is the royal yeah. family. Got it. Figured it out. Thank you, Sydney. Continue. <laughs> You're welcome. We had to get a reminder. It's been a while. For us, it's, it, Sydney and I ways. haven't read for like two weeks. Yeah, more than two weeks. We recorded. We recorded last episode like a week in advance, and this one we're recording the day before it goes up. Don't talk about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, and so well, I was out. It's of the been a minute, and so I, I needed a quick reminder. Yeah, I, oh, yeah, I, mean, I, was, I was. I was. I was gone. Yeah, well, you were both gone, so doing our own separate things at separate times. So, um, but anyways, he checks out the trolley, like the the trolleys, um. He does see, because you mentioned the, like, electricity. He sees, like, there's a pole sticking from the roof. So, Mm -hmm. clearly, there used to be wires. Like, the wires are gone now, but there used to be wires that, like, connected them. Like, you know, trolleys in our world. Like like, bumper cars. Like, yeah, sure, like bumper cars. (laughs) 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 Um, But Charlie thinks about the fact that, basically, as soon as he shuts the door, it's going to be... You said that so much like a mother. You said... (laughs) Yeah, like bumper cars, kinda. Like you just like were trying to placate me so you can keep going, and I needed to address it. You, you, <laughs> you My said bad. it so much. Like I guess kind of like bumper cars. Yeah, good job, Colton. Good job. It's like Colin. here's a sticker kind of voice. Good job. Here's a sticker. Like what are you doing? <laughs> I became a mom for a couple seconds. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. Anyways, um, Charlie thinks about the fact that as soon as he shuts the door to the shed it's gonna be pitch black like he's got a lighter that he got from that his dad uses um to light the pipe but 
he's not going to obviously do that and start a fire because the whole shed would burn down and then the only place they'd have left would be the church building, which he obviously doesn't want to do that. Um, he tries to feed Radar and she just doesn't accept it. Um, the only thing she'll eat is the, the pecan sandies that uh, Charlie got from Mr. Boach's house. Those are the only things she'll mm-hmm. eat. Um, so that's not super great. Uh, Radar's not doing very well in this chapter. Um, Charlie, yeah. we, now we move into lots section. of lots of times. Yes, lots of times. Lots of radar. coughing fits from from coughing fits. Radar, uh, you know, her eyes yeah. are glued shut with old dog eye gunk. Gross mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's yeah. kind of sad. It's not. It is very sad. Um, but now we move into section four, and uh, Charlie's just kind of sitting in the shed watching the light from outside, and he's kind of decided that once he can like no longer see the church that he'll shut the door. He just doesn't want to shut it right away because he doesn't want to be in the pitch dark immediately, which is 100% fair. Because he doesn't have anything to do. Like, his phone mm-hmm. doesn't work. He's got nothing. Um, so he's just kind of sitting there. Uh, he does kind of think about the fact that he misses, like, his phone. <laughs> and um, <laughs> he, he he pulls a very, like, teenage move. Like, I, I use my phone too much. <laughs> Um, but he, he realizes that there's like, because he thinks about the fact that there's no like birds or rats or anything outside, which is why he feels very safe. Like it's very calm outside, but he's like, there's probably still wolves. So I need to like, Claudia told me to bolt the door when I go to sleep and I probably should do that. Um, but he, he watches the, the, the sky. Um, when it finally starts to get dark, he kind of goes to shut the door and then sees all the monarchs come back. So remember last time we mm-hmm. read, they like flew off and went wherever they go, and now they're back. And the reason Charlie figures out well, the reason why he feels safe is because the monarchs rest on the roof that he's in. So they like where all where he is, they're on like the church building roof, they're on the roof in the storage shed he's in, and that's why he feels safe because they're just kind of all around. And he figures that if the monarchs are doing this every single day, every single night, they come back here and sleep here that it's probably safe. Like, I'm probably safe here. Um, which seems fair, yeah. right? Like, they I wouldn't like... go somewhere where they die, yeah. Yeah. But he Monarchs also wonders... Monarchs themselves be begot. Yes. He also wonders, like, how long they live. Because Monarchs, like, in our world, only live for, like, a couple weeks. So he wonders if they, like, yeah. live forever, like, how long they live. Um, which is an interesting question. I hadn't really thought about it. But... That's a terrible life. For monarchs, yeah. only a week. Imagine being a, a freaking worm and you're like a worm for like a year. You're just like a worming and then you are suddenly like, hey, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm going to dangle off this little stick. And then your skin gets hard and then you're a suit <laughs> for a while. And then you are like, I can fly. Like I, I suddenly I can fly. And it's two weeks before you're dead. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. imagine like the, your peak of your life existed for like a week and then you died. That would yeah. suck so bad. That would. Like, that's terrible. I'm not really oh sure. Oh, my gosh. I didn't. Why butterflies are, like, a thing? Because, I mean, they don't really do anything. They're just kind of pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> so many animals just exist, Sydney. I so know. many animals are just there. I'm just saying. They haven't died out. <laughs> I know. I realize that. I'm just saying butterflies are one of them. I mean, I'm glad they exist. I love butterflies. They're so pretty. But What's the point of squirrels, Sydney? What's the point of squirrels? <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm Sometimes just animals saying. are just around. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with that. I'm just saying butterflies are one of them. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's no point to butterflies. That's the takeaway for today's episode is there's no point to butterflies. <laughs> They're just pretty. That's all. <laughs> They're just pretty. That's their po- that's their purpose. Continue. Their purpose is to be pretty. <laughs> Okay, anyways, Charlie, after the butterflies all land and, like, sleep, they Charlie finally shuts the door and bolts it. And at this now we go into section five, and at this point, he just decides to go to sleep because it's pitch dark. He can't see anything. There's no point in doing anything. So he goes to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, he, rakes, he wakes up. Uh, he's worried about oversleeping because he doesn't have an alarm. But he wakes up to Radar coughing and coughing. So she's having a coughing fit. Um, he gives her some water, and that kind of helps. Um, he goes outside to... To go to the bathroom. And when he goes outside, uh, he sees something like shift at the edge of his vision and then kind of disappears. So he doesn't really know whether he just imagined it or like whether it was actually there. Um, but he goes uh mm-hmm. back inside, go back goes back to sleep. He wakes up again to radar coughing. Um, and she's just looking even worse at this point. Uh he well, tries first, to f- let me say something. What? He has a dream. He has a dream. And oh, yeah. in his dream, he's in his bed mm-hmm. and uh, he sits up and tries to yawn and he couldn't because mm-hmm. his mouth was gone. Now, yeah. let me let me um, let me read how it was written in here. It's written. I dreamed that I was in my own bed at Sycamore Street, period. I sat up, tried to yawn and couldn't, period. My mouth was gone, period. I thought the dream thought was gone two sentences ago. So I thought in the real world, Charlie was like, his mouth has disappeared. Uh-huh. And so I was like, what the heck? And then they didn't <laughs> talk about it for another, like, he didn't address that his mouth has gone in the next paragraph. And then two paragraphs from now, he eats something. And I was like, what the heck? And I had to go back and reread this entire section to try and figure out why in the world, what what was the mouth Did you miss the, the, I didn't realize- that, the next sentence that says, that snapped me awake. Did you miss that? Because the very next sentence I, says- No, I thought up. what snapped him awake- I know. No, but have you ever have you ever been like sleepy and then something like freaks you out and you wake up really hard? Uh-huh. I thought what happened is he was like drowsy, realized his mouth was gone because he tried to oh. yawn and that snapped him into like full consciousness. I got you. I didn't realize that it was like it snapped him out of complete sleep to awake. That got was you. that was my main. So that I was genuinely sense. like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. That was, Whoa, that was Charlie very confused. lost his mouth? <laughs> oh, gosh. That's that been, wild. What? Such a plot okay. twist. What the heck? <laughs> I, was I was thinking i was like wow stephen king wow what a change of pace how's charlie gonna handle this situation and then he doesn't address it it's like what is happening okay. i'm glad i know now that it wasn't what it was continue okay um anyways he tries to feed radar and she just isn't eating it um she eats one pecan uh sandy and then spits out the other one um that's all she'll eat mm. Uh, he he does this really sweet thing where he like holds her face and feels like crying because she just looks really sick and awful and it's very sad. It's very sad. Um, yeah. but he takes her outside and she goes to the bathroom in the same same spot he did earlier, and then she goes up to the bicycle because remember Charlie's uh has uh Claudia's uh tricycle. Um, he go- she- Radar goes up to it yeah. and pees on like the wheel. And like sniffs it, and Charlie realizes that something. Assuming what what he saw when he went to the bathroom, what he thought he saw, 
also peed on the uh, the wheel to like be like, hey, this is my territory. Get out. Kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, humans, but... humans should take that up. Humans should start just peeing on things they think <laughs> oh, they own. I. That's awful. Because the shadowy figure I thought was man-like. Like, that's how I pictured the shadowy figure. And then the idea of him just, like, taking a waz on the side of his truck to be like, <laughs> mine, I love. I think, I think, because I can smell pee. If someone peed on something and I walk in, I'm like, someone peed on this. I can <laughs> yeah. smell that. And so I'll just start claiming people's crap. I'll go into someone's house and be like, your couch is mine. They'll leave to get Ew. me a drink or they come back Got and like, the couch is mine. And they're like, how is the couch yours? And I say, do you want to sit on it? And it turns out, Ew. no, it's only me that would be willing to sit on the pee couch. That's <laughs> disgusting. That's and, so it, it would work, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, wouldn't it work? but that's just weird. <laughs> I don't like that. Anyway. Continue. I'm sorry. Um, Charlie, he goes outside. He lifts radar into the basket on the bas- back of the, the tricycle. And then he goes inside and, like, mm-hmm. finds blankets that he assumes, like, used to be used for, like, trolley people who were riding the trolleys around. And he tucks it around, um, or be- he tucks it beside Radar. And he realizes that Claudia had told him to wait until the first bell rung before he left the shed. But he set- decides because he feels mm-hmm. safe he's going to go early and get a head start. Um, so he heads out. And as he's he's leaving, the, the bell rings, and when the bell rings, the monarchs all leave and head back in the direction he came from, um, which he then realizes, mm-hmm. he then thinks about how he wishes he could be going in that direction. Um, but this section just kind of ends with him thinking about the night soldiers and how he's glad that, you know, they're they're gone wherever they are there because it's daytime now. Um, and now we're in section six, which is Colton's section. Or the re- Colton's going to do It's the my turn to go. Sorry. <laughs> It is, is there, your turn, is there Colton. Any bit we need Is there anything we need to do before we actually just get started? Or am I able just to kind of No, just start? go for it. I don't think there's anything we need to do. No. I'm we're just I'm just setting it then. Cool. Um Full section time. six starts. Uh he he he's driving. He reaches the gate in uh less than an hour. And um he dismounts and on the gate, uh there's like these it's huge. First of all, it's gigantic, a massive like golden gate. And there's yeah. like crisscrossing angles of, I think, green something yeah. crisscrossing all around it. Um, and uh, Can I also in, the, in the the gate yeah, is like solid gold. Yeah. Um, and in the green like glass looking stuff, there's this black thing that moves around that when he looks like directly at it goes away, but like he can always see it moving out of like the corners of his vision, mm-hmm. which is weird, which is a, a recurring theme for my section of this chapter. Things yeah. moving at the edge of his vision. Mm-hmm. It happens quite a few times. Um, and he doesn't exactly know like what it is, but when he saw it, it made him feel like vertigo. Like he, Whoa, yeah. he gets like really it made him feel ill basically. Yeah. Um, and then he, uh, he, doesn't want to puke, so he looks straight down at his feet really fast. And uh, on the on the uh, ground, he sees um, uh, Adrian Bonich's initials AB written. Mm-hmm. Which once again, every time he sees him in this chapter, it like it like relieves him a little bit, makes him feel less. However, yeah. he was feeling. Um, and he looked up at the gate again and thought, "This thing is so massive and so gold and has the weird things. This seems like the kind of thing from like a CGI film." And so yeah. he knocks on it to make sure it's real. <laughs> um, and uh, 
then he thinks about like could i try the other uh people's names and decided he it wasn't worth trying he just kind of wanted to uh get in and do it yeah the other uh he thinks about the other like um what are they called royalty yeah i do wonder if that would work like Um, what would happen do you think if he tried that i have no idea i would guess it just locks because it's there the idea of like she is directly in line for the throne Mm -hmm. is kind of the thought if that makes sense um yeah and he is, so he needs to say her name because she's like the one who's in line. Uh, he walks up and he mutters like quietly, Le- uh, Leia of the Galleon. And nothing happens. So he um, thinks like, I'm going to yell. He doesn't want to yell, but I'm going to yell. I'm going to yell for Radar. And um, he doesn't get his voice quite to a yell, but he gets a, uh, a raises his voice. It goes, open in the name of Leia of the Galleon. And yeah. um, he said... And the response is uh, like an inhuman sounding like scream, like the sound of like a screaming person, uh, which yes. he discovers actually is uh, is actually the gate gliding over on some invisible rails, like sliding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it was moving, the black tendrils become go crazy through the off green glass things. Yeah. Lots of black tendrils all going around in it. Uh, and he feels incredibly sick. And so he goes over to the trike and puts his head down on it so that he doesn't have to look at it. And just yeah. sits there feeling ill until the uh, door finally stops um, he, like, going. Grabs hold and of he's still feeling terrible. Yes, he grabs the guy's radar time. and accidentally rips off part of her hair. Yeah, he feels really bad about it, though, which is is nice. But yeah. it's um, he thinks he thinks about how um, he thinks about how like uh she probably hurt but she probably had worse aches or she knew he needed her yeah. at that moment um and it was really really sad and so he is ready to ready he, he keeps going yeah. he, he, he gets on the bike and goes and that's the end of section six section seven um then uh well, sorry. At the beginning of Sexy Seven is when he discovers the hair and that she, the paints and stuff, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then inside of the gate, there was this giant like courtyard with uh, statues of like worn down old statues of monarch butterflies mm-hmm. on, on either side of them, a bunch of them. Um, and as soon as he goes through, the screaming sound starts up again as the gate behind him closes. Yes. Uh, as he's riding through this big courtyard full of things. Um, and the uh, he rides through and he realizes that like all this this courtyard used to be colorful. I can see where where color used to be, but everything is turning gray. Like the sickness is sending. Like yeah, all the stuff is um being like all the the ground used to be like rainbow colored tiles, but now they're just like different shades of gray essentially. Yeah. So like that really really sad. Um, he keeps passing uh through the butterflies, and um. He finds something that was written uh, on the end that all that remains are the letters L-I, which could have been the Lamar, but it could also have been the middle of Galleon, and he's yeah. unsure which one it was. Um, and the archway, by the way, is the shape of butterfly wings, which is a cool idea. They really, yeah. really went full out on the theme here in the city. They, they're really all about that butterfly rainbow theme. I mean, to be fair butterflies are clearly a big part of like this world like if you have butterflies coming and going every yeah. single day i would i would go with the theme of the butterflies too <laughs> i also want to point out though real quick <laughs> that's just to point out when, yeah um because in this section they talk about uh the butterfly like the statues that are all destroyed 
And Charlie thinks about the fact that he wonders mm-hmm. if each one represents like a king or a queen. And maybe that's why they're all like, just yeah, that- so just keep that in mind. Just because I think that's an interesting little. Okay. That seems like it might be important then. Yeah. I don't actually remember if it is or not. Um, I just so, think it's interesting little tidbit. <laughs> I really actually don't remember whether that has anything to do with anything or if it's just something that popped into my head. Like, I really don't remember. Yeah. So. It could just be a neat thing that you that you thought about. So yeah. that's cool. Um, <laughs> he keeps going. And to the right, he sees like a little like uh, pond pool thing. And things about like at some time, people could have came here and sat and eat their lunch and watch the ducks and play with their babies but now there's nothing now it's just disgusting green lake yeah not now now it's like a disgusting green lake that is really really nasty yeah um and uh then he keeps going he finds uh mr will mr bodich's initials and drives that direction and uh he he heard something because he thinks he heard like a footstep or maybe like a whisper or he heard something behind him yeah. And he looks behind and he's reminded of Claudia uh, telling him to pay no mind to the voices you may hear. Um, it's so creepy. And so he keeps pedaling. It's this. It gets really, really off putting this. The rest of this, this chapter. Yeah. Um, he keeps reading. Uh, he keeps pedaling towards the second arch that he sees. And as he's going, he starts to feel like rain trickle on the back and he realizes it's about to start raining. Um, and uh, he looked at the pool and then something he he looks back at the pool at like the water splishing on the top of the pool and something black uh just came up out of the pool just for a second too and he it, he wasn't he couldn't tell exactly what it was but he was pretty sure he saw teeth what the heck is that yeah what, what, what is that I don't I, uh, know. okay it's very it's this freaky. whole chapter is just stephen king for sure like i feel like up until this point like you said this earlier up until this point like, there are moments where it's like, oh, this is clearly a Stephen King book, but it's way dialed yeah. down compared to his normal books. But this chapter and, like, this section is very, like, I'm Stephen King. He remember this. Don't forget. Like, that's just, it's very, you yeah, can tell it's a Stephen a, King book. Here's a black pond monster that disappears when you look at it that's been following you. Stephen King. Like, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King, the art of black pond monsters that follow you. Yeah, yeah. it's great. But um, he uh, the rain starts going really, really hard. So he, he lingers for a moment underneath the arch to let it like die down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, section eight starts. He once again, he's he's lingering underneath and um, he is uh, thinking about how he think about how he's too used to his phone in the real world, yeah. which just another like just him being a child moment, I guess. Oh, mm-hmm. Um. Because he doesn't and, know what time uh, it is and how long he can wait for. And he wishes he had a watch. Yeah. Which is fair. Do you think a yeah. watch would work down there? He looks at... I mean, because a watch isn't connected to anything. It's just um, like a battery and it's continuing forward. And other batteries have worked. So I'm, I'm assuming it would work, I guess. Uh, I, I guess it would. Um, and then he looks on the other side like of the thing where he's moving after the brain slows down. He's going to see. He sees a bunch of like old... like a. Um, it looks like a little shopping area, like an old timey shopping area where people who don't have much would come to try and like uh, sell their wares, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, 
something he sees is engraved into the pavement just outside the arch where he was sitting. And all he could see was the beginning and the end, which is the beginning is GA and the end is AD. And he says it could have been a lot of different things, but he decided to believe that it's Galleon Road because yeah. um, he just got off of Kingdom Road. And now he's getting on to like towards where the palace where the galleons would rule. So he's assuming it's Galleon Road. Makes um, sense. Which I, I think it's probably a pretty good guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do shops happen on Galleon Road. I don't know. Seems yeah. seems reasonable. Um, and then just when he was like, oh, man, I'm going to drive in the rain. Uh, the rain starts to give up a little bit and it's a little bit uh, chiller and he starts going again. That's the end of section eight. Did I miss anything important? In section eight? No. no section I don't think nine. So. The only thing is, um, is, like, he covers radar with a blanket, but that's about it. Oh, yeah. It's a cute little Just thing. being kind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, section nine. He, um, he is riding through these, like, little shops and he thinks that they're, the shops felt like there was something wrong about them. Because as he was, as he was going, when they're in front of him, they look like normal shops, but as they pass, straight lines be, start to warp in his side of his vision and the, the glass panes like the windows start to look yeah. like eyeballs turning to watch him and like he sees things on the edge of his vision but when he looks at them they look go back to normal yeah. and so he's seeing these weird like things happening to the buildings that are like almost feel like they're watching him as he goes by yes. which is uh really really freaky creepy um Very and then creepy. at once at one cross street there's a a huge stone gargoyle that had fallen into the street and it was staring at, it was upside down, but facing where he was. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he, he tries to go around this because it's a freaky looking gargoyle. tries to go around it as, as soon as he passes, here's a big crash from behind him. He looks over and the gargoyle is now tumbled down further. and is now facing him again. Somehow the gargoyle has chip has suddenly fallen to be continuing to watch him, yes. which is just terrifying. I think at that point <laughs> I would have turned and left. I would have been like, I'm sorry. I'm going goodbye. Like he has, I mean, I get, obviously he really cares for radar and that's why he's doing this, yeah. but he's got some guts. Like Charlie is very brave. Yeah. I would have been like, I wouldn't don't think I even, even would have made it to the city. Honestly, I would have been out of here. Bye. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes um he, he that's the end of section nine section 10 uh he keeps going and the the houses on the either sides are like townhouses and they're getting closer together like they're sh almost touching shoulder to shoulder now yeah um and uh the rain starts going down even harder uh and he finds an area with even fancier fancier houses um and he's just, he's going. Radar starts coughing again, which is sad. And he he comforts her a little bit. Um, and he it has a super dry mouth, but he refuses to drink any of the water that's raining on it because he doesn't yeah. know what's in it. And which is fair. he's freaked out by that. Yeah. Um, uh, he he's like seems he he seemed odd because Claudia said you might get lost in in your mission, but so far in his trip, it's just been riding straight down the center of the middle. So he's yeah. like confused as to why they think he might get lost because he's just going straight, basically. Yeah. Um, and uh, suddenly he sees to the side uh, AB painted on a thing with an arrow pointing in the, the center of the A is kind of like an arrow. And it was saying, uh, go a way that's not towards the towards the palace. Yeah. And go down this random narrow alleyway. He's he's concerned at first because he's like, wait, but the palace is right there. But eventually, he decides he trusts uh, Mr. Bodich and and Claudia enough to follow their um, follow their path instead of following the path that seems easiest. Yeah. Um, and so he he goes that way, and 
as he's going that way, he discovers that, nope, yep, these streets are a maze. Like they said it would be, at first it was easy because it's been straight, but now that I'm following like this path, the streets are really a maze. And yeah. he's unsure exactly why he's going this direction, but he just keeps going it. Uh, he, uh, in one of the shops he passes, sees the, a headless dressmaker's dummy with a jester's cap and bells on its neck and a knife planted between its breasts. Just That's... freaky imagery all the oh, time. Gosh. Everything in this is just off-putting. It is Everything really off-putting. Everything in this is just like, off-putting. That whole picture and that whole vibe of that just is freaky. I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, at one point he's he's going under an underpass. He hits the he hits splashes with his of the water with his tires, and he thinks it sounds like someone laughing around him. Still, that's creepy. Just though. freaky. Yeah. All of it is just freaky. Um, he keeps following. He's finding more abs that give him arrows on like what streets to turn on and stuff. Some of them are like almost completely gone because they've been in the weather, and some of them are just like um completely preserved because they're like yeah. under an underpass or inside of a building. Like some some are good, some are bad. Um. And uh, he keeps following it, uh, and he has this image in his mind of uh, getting lost and hearing the the evening bells chime, and like suddenly the night guard is there and he's dying. So he's yeah. he's getting himself real freaked out. Uh, and he also thought that he only has till nightfall to get radar to this place because he he truly believes this is radar's last day. She will die yeah. by nightfall. I need to get her here. Yes. Um. And he he's going, he keeps passing like these areas that smell terrible, that have like uh, empty holes of water that have like terrible smells coming out of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he says it's, it's hard to imagine that these weren't bunkers that people would go went down into hide and just died in. And now they're just rotting corpses. Yeah. Um, once again, he's starting to hear like whispers that he once is like, I feel like these are the ghosts of the people who are in these holes who are rotting to death. Yeah. Um, yeah just freaky imagery all around. Uh, he sees a little a little dot that he's like that could be an AB. So he gets up and gets real close to it, and um, sees that it like uh, I think it is. He, I'm almost sure the crossbar is pointed this direction. And as he's walking back to his trike, radar pokes her head out of something and whines. And uh, what she's looking at is he sees a um, Charlie sees a flash of mo- a movement uh, as somebody steps around the corner to hide from his vi- vision. And so he sees the person behind, set behind the, like the edge of the corner, and he's yeah. like, freak starts freaking out a little bit. And um, I'm gonna do a quick dramatic reading of the following portion of what happens. Okay. Okay. Don't Here it goes. Who's there? I called out, then clapped my hand over my mouth. Quiet. Be quiet. Everyone I met had told me that. In a much lower voice, almost a shouted whisper, I added, "Show yourself. If you're a friend, I can be a friend." No one showed himself. I hadn't really expected them to. I dropped my hand to the butt of Mr. Bowditch's revolver. If you're not, I have a gun, and I'll use it if I have to. Pure bluff. I'd been warned about that too, and strongly. Do you hear me? For your sake, stranger, I hope you do. I didn't exactly sound like myself, and not for the first time, I sounded more like a character in a book or a movie. I almost expected to hear myself say, my name is Indigo Montoya, you killed my father, prepare to die. Radar was coughing again, and she had started to shiver. I got back on the trike and pedaled in the direction the last arrow pointed. It led me onto a zigzagging street paved with cobblestones and for some reason lined with barrels, many of them overturned. That's freaky. It is freaky. It's real freaky, this thing that's yeah. happening. There's a it dude following freaky. my mans. It's, I don't like it. Who do you, 
I guess this will be. It's be a okay theory. though. After after we're done with this, we'll do a theory okay. about who you think is following him. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> um. Now we're on the final section. We're in section eleven. Uh, he s- keeps following the initials. Uh, through this like terribly crazy place. Yeah. Uh, he's unsure like exactly where he is, but he is going. And suddenly he sees. Uh, he's in like a little a little like uh courtyard area he sees a statue and then he sees that he is now on the side of those three pillars instead of coming to the front of them he's like at a different angle and he realizes for some reason in the voice of his coach coach harkness he realizes mr bodich's initials are not leading him to the front door they're leading him around to the back because yeah. going through the front i'm assuming is death so he's trying to, mr bodich has made a path through the city around the edge of the of the, the castle to the back yeah which um seems smart but when he figured that out it gives him some energy and he like starts pedaling faster because he uh like he kind of realizes what mr bodich was doing which i think helped him um and uh further along he finally sees a dried out um he sees a dried out uh fountain and some yellow houses Mm -hmm. and remembers that claudia had him write this down uh which is a dry fountain with a huge yellow house straddling the road um he hot he hid and because that's what claudia told him to do he hid um he puts the paper and this phone in his backpack instead of his pocket which he the the future charlie who's writing mentions like i was glad i did that later so who knows what happens later but he's glad he put the stuff in his backpack yeah um and uh ahead of him he sees hannah's house and they're con- they're like a cool like several houses connected together by like corridors and stuff. Neat l- image in my brain. Um, yeah. And for some reason, Hannah was supposed to be asleep right now until m- mid afternoon bell. But for some reason, Hannah's standing outside, which is terrifying. And also how the chapter ends. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, um, that's the end of our reading this week. Yes. Uh, I just want to say real oh quick. Oh my goodness. The picture on the next page for the star chapter 18 is like creepy <laughs> kind of freaky it is really creepy if you don't have the book it looks like a dead mermaid who's impaled by a spear laying in a lagoon with a sun standing on a pedestal behind it weird <laughs> weird weird yeah. the picture will be posted next week on our instagram so go go follow us there if you want to see it yeah. you do you want to read the um, do you want to uh read the uh titles for the next chapter and guess what they are Yes, of course I do. Okay. Um, Hannah. That's when he interacts with it. Hannah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Pinwheel paths. I'm assuming this is a situation where he doesn't actually have Adrian's writing for some reason. And it's like a intersection of several paths. And he has to pick one. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. The horror in the pool. I'm assuming that's the crazy mermaid monster here in the drawing. Is the yeah. horror that's laying in a pool of some kind. The sundial at last. I wonder what that is. No, oh, um, I don't know. And, <laughs> an unwelcome encounter, which I am going to make a guess is either Hannah or the big giant in the castle. I know there's a giant or the third monster who I don't remember the name of. That's also somewhere around here. Um, and that's my best guess. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Um, so Time now, for theories about other things. Yes, theories. So first off, do you want? Do you have any theories about? Who is following Charlie or what is following Charlie? I have a, a wild a wild theory. Okay. Is it freaking Christopher Pulley? 
I don't know. Did the leprechaun boy jump into the pit after him because he came back after breaking his arms or something? Because that would be a play, wouldn't it? I mean, that if that's be. the case, he caught he kept up with like a bike for a long time and stuff. So I don't think that's likely. But I think either it's a character or thing we haven't met yet, or it's Christopher Polly. Those are my guesses. Okay. Um, let's see what else. What are your thoughts about Hannah? What do you think Hannah's gonna be like? I think she's gonna be kind of not as bad as they think. Honestly, I think she might be scared of something bigger. And so okay. not actually like super duper evil or something. But who knows? Am I right? Like, I guess I could be completely wrong. But that's that's kind of the like, that's kind of the direction it seems like it's going to me. Yeah. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think Charlie's going to get to get Radar to the sundial in time? It would be really sad if he didn't. It's all for naught type of yeah. deal. I hope so. <laughs> I, I I think yeah I think I think he'll be able to no actually I think he won't I'm gonna be realistic oh? this is a Stephen King book I don't think Char- I don't think Radar's making it no okay <laughs> oh you sound really disappointed by that sorry no <laughs> no <laughs> um uh no that was really all I had to be honest I don't feel like unless you have other theories that you have no that's everything i have too sweet awesome uh if that's all the theories we have now i guess it's time to rank the characters yeah let's do it okay here it goes here it goes are you ready sydney Um, yes i will read our uh week nine list you ready wonderful yes claudia charlie dora radar leah Woody, Dad, Lindy, Melissa, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Falada, Andy Chen, Miscellaneous Travelers, uh, Leia Maid, Leon, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Dead Baby Trio, Bill Harriman, Mississippi, Mr. Massensick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Silvius, uh, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, C.C. Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness, and then our Wish You Were In jail tier christopher polly our wish you were dead tier peterkin and our actually dead tier bowditch mom and heinrich all righty i think for this week the we only see, like, characters we saw <laughs> we saw a tiny bit of claudia charlie and dora which are our currently dora. top three we Sorry, saw dora. claudia radar. charlie radar yeah do you think we I add think jenny or claudia. just not because Jenny was just uh like, she's named and she talks, yeah. So she's named had... and she talks. Okay. Yeah. I think Charlie beats Claudia now. Yeah. Um I think, I think Radar, Radar beats, Dora. beats Dora. Does he beat Claudia? Does she beat Claudia? No, I like Claudia. That that little section with Claudia is really cute. And I think Jenny goes above Andy Chen. Okay. Is that okay with you? Yeah. Above any Chen, does that seem fair? It's good with me. I think that that works for me because that seems like uh, she, Jenny is, um, helped him get into like the books that are helping him in this moment. She seemed really not kind, even though she was kind of like a, a weird girl. I think it makes sense for for her to be her to be Andy Chen. Is yeah. there any other th- characters or anything we saw that needs to be addressed yet? 
I don't think so. I don't so. think so, no. Because we saw Hannah, but she hasn't spoken yet. So I guess that's it. Yeah. Yeah, no. I guess that's I guess it's everybody. So I'll read the week 10 list. Week 10 list goes Charlie, Claudia, Radar, Dora, Leia, Woody, Dad, Lindy, Melissa, Arnetta, Mrs. Richland, Falada, Jenny, Andy Chen, Miscellaneous Tra- Travelers, Leia Ma- Leia's Maid, Leon Braddock, Mrs. Ravensburger, Herbie. Fully loaded. Dead Baby Trio, Bill Harriman, Mrs. Zippy, Mr. Masonsick, Mr. Ackerley, Mrs. Sylvius, Officer Wilmark, Officer Cooper, Cece, Craig, Detective Gleason, Birdie, Coach Harkness, the Lock Em Up Tears, Christopher Polly, the, the uh, Wish You Were Dead Tears, Peterkin, and the Actually Dead Tier is Bowditch, Mom, and Heinrich. And yep. that's everybody on our list this is everybody. week. Wow. This is going to be a much Who would have guessed that a one-chapter episode? Yeah, who would have guessed the one chapter episode ends up being shorter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'd also like to thank um, Mr. Uh, Alezia for making our intro and outro. That's A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Yeah. Uh, you should go follow us on Instagram. That's a link in the description. Um, also, if you want to see an unedited video version of this podcast, you should go to our uh our patreon that we have which is also in the description uh where every week you'll get an unedited video and at least once a month you get an extra bonus episode yes uh, our first bonus was was sydney and i watching herbie fully loaded and giving you a commentary <laughs> track for herbie fully loaded that was fun so yeah you should yes. you should go check that out if you if you're at all interested we would have loved to see you there um yes. all right i think um, that's everything i have sure to say do you, have any, do you have anything else to say next week make sure you have you read chapter 18 and 19 or else Cindy will follow you. Just you, oh. she'll never get a full side. You, you'll feel her for sure. You'll feel her unless you have bad intuition like you'll Sydney. But otherwise, there. she'll make There's it known, no. but she won't I let you see her fully. Make it known. No, you'll just, you'll know <laughs> someone's behind you and you'd be like, ah, oh, crap, I'm doomed. Sydney has found and me. And she'll also <laughs> set up some scary places. Just have some scary Ooh. places like freaking, uh, a little like doll with a knife in the chest, stuff like that. Oh, she'll gosh. freak you out. That's Sydney's. Oh, no. <laughs> that's Sydney's whole deal. She'll freak you out. All I'll right. Put it in your window, and it'll just sit there. It'll just be <laughs> in the window, and one morning you'll wake up and you'll turn and you'll just see it there. I'm just kidding. That'd yeah, be really creepy. That'd be terrifying. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Fantasy Book Club. My name is Colin Pratt, and I'm Sydney Lyerly. I love you. Peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.